listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16. The official beer of the Swift Current Broncos is Ryan Schweitzer and Craig Boschman. And here we go. It's the Broncos This Week podcast brought to you by Original 16, Ryan Schweitzer and Craig Boschman back in the media center of Innovation Plex. Swift Current Broncos coming off a weekend with some highs and some lows, a big overtime win against the Prince Albert Raiders and Innovation Plex on Friday night, and then an adventure in Regina on Saturday, Bosch. Yeah, the, uh, you know, starting off with the Friday when it was really nice to see the team come back from down one nothing and 2-1, uh, you know, jumped out to a 4-2 lead before it eventually goes to overtime, and nice to see a guy like Caden Sadrick Kang uh, jump up on the play, finish it off in OT, not before a big stop from uh, Gage Alexander at the other end about a minute earlier. So uh, an overtime that didn't have a single whistle. You know, Broncos started uh, overtime on the power play, and then they played four on four until the game was over. So kind of interesting in that respect. So nice to start off the weekend with a win. And then, uh, you know, Saturday in Regina was just a, a tough start to the game. I mean, it's it's hard to to come back from a goal deficit, let alone a four-goal deficit when you're down 4 nothing halfway through the second period. But, you know, certainly give credit to the team for for fighting all the way back and getting it down to four to three and if not for some very timely and impressive saves by uh, Regina goaltender Drew Sim the Broncos could have tied that game or even taken the lead at certain points so um, I think there's there's certainly some positives to build off uh, finding a way to make the game interesting when it was very quickly looking like it was out of reach but I know the the group is frustrated with the way that uh, the first half of the game went and they know that they have to to start on time and make sure that they're not chasing the game early and I'm sure that's uh, the biggest part of the game plan for Friday when they see Regina again. Yeah, a quick shot at redemption and uh, you know you had mentioned Gage Alexander he's going to be joining us on the Broncos This Week podcast. The big man will be our feature guest this week. Lots to to talk to Gage about. A storied Western Hockey League career with the Winnipeg Ice that now has him landed in Swiftcurrent. It's going to be a busy weekend at home for the Broncos. They've kind of been the one at home, one on the road over the past few weeks but back-to-back games with Ben King and the Red Deer Rebels here Saturday night too. Yeah, not only back-to-back games but this is the start of a five-game homestand for the team over the next couple of weeks, and they play seven of their next eight games here at home. So this is a pretty big stretch for them. And as you mentioned, Red Deer's here on Saturday. Uh, ben King just got reassigned to Red Deer from uh, San Diego's AHL training camp on uh, I think Monday or Sunday. So uh, he'll make his season debut, I'm sure, this weekend. And a guy who was, I think, second in league scoring last year with his uh, shotgun partner in Archdeep Baines. And, uh, you know, we'll see Ben is going to be relied upon heavily there in Red Deer to provide offense. And that's a team that doesn't really seem to need a whole lot of help uh, heading into this weekend here as they're off to a pretty hot start at 5-0 and so far this year. They've only given up nine goals uh, with a goaltending tandem that didn't have a single game of WHL experience heading into the regular season. So pretty impressive stuff from Red Deer as per usual. And uh, they only get better with the return of a guy in Ben King. Yes, uh, head coach Devin Pratt coming up on the Broncos This Week podcast. Lots to talk to him about as uh, there's been some recent roster moves, including one today at the time we're recording this. It's just been announced that Swift went out and acquired an 03-born defenseman in Adam McNutt. You've seen him play a few times. What's your take on that deal? Well, I saw him and Josh Davies drop the gloves on Saturday, so that was kind of uh, an interesting uh, trade to see. But he's, uh, I think it's fair to say he's more of a defensive type of defenseman, so I, I don't think he's being picked up to score you know, 10 goals from the back end for this team. Um, I, I think the the coaching staff wants him to 
be a physical presence. They want him to to make opposing teams think twice about going down in the corner when he's on the ice and that kind of thing. So uh, he does have a lot of that toughness. Uh, he's not afraid to throw the body around and and push guys around and kind of thing. And and it's gonna it's gonna cost him penalties here and there. But I mean, you have to kind of to toe that line physically and make sure that teams aren't taking any liberties uh, in the offensive zone. So I think that's a big reason why the team went out and got a guy like Adam McNutt. And I think he's going to play a pretty important role for the rest of the season. Well, I saw that the team reassigned Liam Saxberg, a 17-year-old defenseman, and then they acquire a 19-year-old defenseman. So reading that, it seems like there is a commitment to winning now. Well, and that's just it. I mean, I think the team saw how much growth there was last year with uh, with the young group that they have. And, and let's face it, the team is still very young. I mean, the, all those guys who are drafted, they're still just 18 years old. So, uh, you know, you get a guy in Adam McNutt who's been around for a while, um, you know, 77 games in his career to date, mostly with Regina. So uh, a guy who can play, you know, a, a heavy workload of minutes and, like I said, be a physical force back there. And, uh, you know, that's kind of the difference that the team wants to make is to be a little more physical and a little more assertive and uh, getting a guy who loves to play that style of game is only going to help. We'll go down the pipeline on this week's podcast as well as Swift Current Home Hardware Legionnaires goaltender and uh, a guy who was selected in the WHL prospect draft, a local kid, Bernie Weston. He'll be joining the podcast this week. Yeah, what a great story uh, Bernie is. Uh, you know, a guy who when I when I talked to him during training camp, I asked him about draft day and all this kind of stuff and um, he said that he has always dreamed of playing for the Broncos. I guess his hometown team, he's from Gull Lake, but his hometown team, his favorite team. He's been to so many games. Uh, his dad showed me a couple of photos of him, you know, being at Broncos games when he was a kid, watching jerseys signed by all the players, that kind of thing. So not only gets drafted by his favorite team, but then he gets signed by the team, you know, plays in a, a half of a preseason game and looked really good against Regina down in Estevan. And he's off to a heck of a start with the uh, Legionnaires so far. Played four games. He's uh, three... Three and three zero oh and one with a nine thirty nine save percentage through four games. So uh, Bernie Weston's going to join us uh, later on in this podcast, and a guy who uh, might be the the happiest member of the Broncos organization day to day. Yes, on the Broncos this week podcast, we will feel the burn. <laughs> B E R N. All right, but in the much more immediate future, we got head coach Devin Pratt coming up, and also Gage Alexander will join us as well as our feature guest. This is the Broncos this week podcast for Original Sixty. You're listening to Broncos this week, presented by Original Six. The official beer of the Swift Current Broncos. It's the Broncos This Week podcast, Coach's Show Edition. Uh, head coach Devin Pratt joining us here as we have a busy weekend coming up as two games at Innovation Plex. Regina's in town Friday night. Ben King and the Red Deer Rebels are here Saturday night. Uh, Devin, the team coming off a one goal loss in Regina. It sounded like it was a hard fought game that uh, at times got a little emotional. Yeah, yeah, I think, you know, hard fought is kind of loosely put for us. I think we played 20 minutes of, you know, semi-competitive hockey and gave ourselves a chance to win. So, um, you know, the first 40 minutes really dug ourselves a hole and uh, it just comes from, you know, maybe we were riding the high too high from Friday night and then, you know, OT win here on home ice and kind of that roller coaster and uh, just didn't respect the details of the game and the, the physicality that you need to bring to slow teams down and the job that we have to do. So uh, it's been a, a week of learning here and owning our performance and we're looking for our guys to take a step forward as a group and play a simplifier game, play straight lines, play hard, stop and start sprint play with speed um compete for 60 minutes so we're uh, a team that's been kind of searching for that uh 
through uh, you know two of our last four games, so uh, we're we're hopeful this weekend we can find 120 minutes of quality hockey. And you touched on that uh, strong 20 minute there third period in Regina. I thought your team was excellent, kind of forcing that game down to a one goal game after being down four nothing. So you like to see that pushback, but of course, as you said, you're just looking for it earlier in the game. Yeah, I mean, we got to be ready from puck drop uh, to give ourselves the best opportunity at success, and 20 minutes doesn't make a game. So, yeah, there's there are positives that we can look to um, that, you know, we didn't give up, that we stuck with it, that uh, we made a game out of it. We had a couple chances late to tie a game up and extend it, but, uh, you know, it just uh, we can't – you won't find success very often playing the way we played for the first 40 minutes, and that's just the, the harsh reality. You know, nothing gets Bronco Nation talking quite like a trade. And uh, at the time of recording this, it was just announced that uh, you guys parted with a fifth-round pick. And you brought in a guy with, uh, you know, a lot of experience in the Western Hockey League, a guy that can play minutes in Adam McNutt, defenseman from Regina. What was the uh, impetus behind that move? Yeah, we just feel that we brought in a a mature player. We brought in someone that uh, has played in the league, uh, that embraces the physicality of the league. He's a right-handed defenseman, uh, something that we've lacked on the roster here. And uh, we think that he can come in, eat good minutes for us, contribute, um, play that physical brand of hockey for us, and make things a little bit more difficult for our opponents. So, getting a veteran was uh, was a key, and uh, we feel that uh, Adam McNutt fits that bill. And a chance for your group to kind of respond right away against Regina. I just saw them Saturday; they're playing here tonight on Wednesday. But you get a chance to get right back at them on Friday here. So, a good opportunity for you guys to kind of show that they've learned the lessons from Saturday and put them to use on Friday. Yeah, yeah, no question. I mean. Uh, the majority of our home ice uh, play has been pretty solid, right? So this is a weekend. We have two home games. Uh, we want two solid efforts, and uh, we've been struggling to find that focus and determination on the road right now. And uh, fortunate this weekend, they are both at home. But there's an importance uh, when you're a group that, you know, wants to be in the thick of things and wants to win hockey games. We we know the start to last year really cost us down that home stretch. So uh, this is an important time for us to, to get the game back on the rails and, uh, you know, at the end of the day, you get measured in your wins and losses, but it's the process that that really matters throughout the season. Um, and we've, we talked about it before that when when you don't have the process there and you find a win, that win's a little bit superficial where uh, sometimes you're going to have the process and you're going to lose, but it's going to be something that you're going to be able to build off as a team. You're going to be able to tap into uh, and go back to the well and play that way and find success more often than not. So for us, it's finding that identity, playing within the identity again and Embracing the simplicity of the game, gaining zones, not trying to turn every single possession into um, a goal or, or turn it into a quality scoring chance by passing it through traffic and through sticks and into bad areas and, and turning it over and having to back check. So, um, you know, uh, Troy had a good saying, Leslie, that, you know, you can either defend or you can check. And right now we're defending way too often. We're not in a good spot and we're not checking. And checking's a whole lot funner than defending. So we want our guys to start embracing that uh, that grind in the game. A few roster moves, uh, Devin, that I want to ask you about. Uh, you know, we touched on bringing in McNutt, a veteran defenseman. Um, Carson King, I see on the WHL Weekly Report, listed as uh, a deletion from the team. What can you tell us about that decision? Yeah, you know, Carson, uh, he's a great young man. Um, and he had uh, a solid end of the year last year. I think he put in a lot of work this summer and things just weren't going his way to start the season here. And uh, he decided it'd be best for him if, uh, you know, he... he 
explored some other hockey opportunities and took a little bit of a break for a while. So we respect that. And, um, you know, we wish him all the best. Um, and hopefully you can find that fire within the game again and and uh, that drive and desire because uh, he is a quality hockey player and, more importantly, he's a quality person. Wanted to ask you about special teams from this last weekend. Your team goes four for seven on the power play, but also gives up four power play goals over the course of those two games last weekend. So I'm sure you're loving what you're seeing from the power play and just looking for a little more from the penalty kill. Yeah, we got a shorty, so we'll go plus one on special mm, teams. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no question. Um, and that uh, good to see our power play get going. And, you know, it's every power play opportunity is a, a new opportunity in itself. And we talked about embracing the fail forward, not allowing, allowing um, not scoring on two power plays in the game to affect the mindset going into the third where uh, a quality power play uh, operates at a 70% failure rate, you know, or 80% failure rate. Um, where a great one's in that 70. So you're looking at a 30% uh, power play, and that, that would lead the league last year. So uh, proud of our guys and the job they did there. Um, some of the, the penalties, like were early penalties in games, it's hard for guys to get into the game. It's hard to get everybody in and get a shift when you take a penalty early. And um, unfortunately, last weekend, both of those ended up in the back of our net, and then you're chasing. You feel like you're chasing the game a little bit. So um, we've made some adjustments to our penalty kill, uh, which was needed and uh, it's just about guys understanding where to be and what role they have to do and then when the time comes to eat a puck and block a shot you better get in that lane because uh, those those details really really matter you know one thing that uh, you brought up last year on this podcast a lot towards the end of the season an expression that you used a lot Devin was load management and uh, you know I want to ask you about that at this point of the year given the schedule that you guys have because it's kind of been a unique schedule that you guys are basically the entire week to practice and then the weekend are heavy you know how's how's managing that perspective yeah no i think well we've had a great opportunity to get the practice time in that is necessary and beneficial at this time of the year and um being able to manage what we put on our guys and um you know at the end of the day the the work ethic has to match the dream and we have a dream as a group to be a team that gets in the playoffs as a hard playoff out we'd love to win a series and do a job and and push ourselves deep and who knows what happens but uh when you're not doing those little small details and and um when you're not competing the way you need to at this point uh it, it sometimes makes things tougher to have that success so for us um right now it's about uh putting the work and putting on the work boots and as a coach when you you look up and you don't play until the next weekend you you tend to play guys a little bit more than if you knew you had a game Wednesday Thursday the next week or three and three and four or any of those scenarios that you, you do run into as well so um, you know it's kind of been an all hands on deck and now that uh, we have everyone back and we're dealing with a couple injuries as is but uh, which you always will be uh, it's everyone's available to, to play the maximum they can for us to perform and, and define that you brought up injuries so you open that door uh, you know what can you tell us about some of the guys that are in sick bay and uh you know is there a chance we might see some guys this weekend that we haven't seen in a while yeah um i think we're, we're trending in the right direction with guys um you know sam ward is entering kind of getting into that week to week and more into the day-to-day likely um moving progressing into monday of next week getting more back to contact uh sam mcginley's kind of stuck in that uh, same area um dealing with things as well and uh van eager's more on the shelf for for the longer term so we're 
probably looking at a month's timeline here right now and uh, that's our guys that are hanging out with Andrew Kutnikoff who does a great job for us and uh, on the other side of it Caleb Wyrostock has got the green light he's been in contact practices and we're really excited to inject him back into the lineup here. Yeah, you know, it's been a minute since we've seen Caleb play, you know, what, and, and you know, your predecessor in this job, Dean Brockman, was a big fan of what he brought to the table. You know, what, what's your assessment of Caleb? Yeah, for sure. I mean, we feel that he he plays within the identity. He's got no quit. Uh, he plays on the line. Uh, sometimes he spills over, and I think that's something in his maturation as a player that he, he's dealing with uh, trying to stay out of the box for the undisciplined stuff, but it's the grit and the determination that he shows. He's, he's reckless. Uh, he He's physical, he blocks shots, and he's got a scoring touch. So uh, it's a nice piece to add to the puzzle for a group that's searching for their identity, for sure. Right on. Well, Devin, we greatly appreciate you making your way to this end of the rink and joining us for the uh, weekly chat here, and best of luck on a busy weekend coming up. Sounds good. It's time to go down the pipeline, presented by Crescent Point. Davies scores a hat trick for Josh Davies. When we take a look at the next generation of Swift Current Broncos. It's the Broncos This Week podcast, presented by Original 16, and it's time to go down the pipeline for Crescent Point. And we are joined on the phone by Swift Current Broncos prospect Bernie Weston. Bernie, I appreciate you jumping on here. Uh, How is your season going with the Swift Current Legionnaires? Yeah, thanks for having me. It's going pretty good. We're on a three-game win streak right now and we're looking pretty good so yeah having fun and good team so awesome experience so far i saw you guys had a good weekend down in estevan this past weekend uh, you started both those games got the win in both of those games what uh, what have been some of the noticeable adjustments you've had to make uh, heading to the u18 level from u15 yeah i think just speeding up my game a bit it's a fast league but kind of just play the same way but yeah just making sure I'm up to speed, and that's about it. I kind of wanted to to go back to when you first started playing hockey and how you ended up being a goalie, because I know there's some parents who don't really want their kids to be goaltenders. They want them to be forwards or defensemen, so they kind of skate around, get some more exercise and that kind of thing. You know, How did you end up uh, becoming a goalie? Um, I think I just liked the gear, and then I don't think my dad wanted me to be a goalie, but I just liked the gear, and I kept playing it, and... I got good at it so yeah that's kind of just how I started being a goalie and I remember talking to you during training camp uh, you know you're you're admittedly not the biggest goaltender in the world so what has helped you find the success that you've had so far uh, you know with the size that you are I think just my speed and my aggressiveness and I I have pretty good reflexes so put all those together I can play pretty aggressive and yeah it helps me out so you were, yeah. dra- you were uh, drafted by the Broncos 74th overall in the 2022 WHL Prospects draft. I know that was sort of a, a dream come true for you, but I kind of want to talk about the days and the weeks leading up to uh, the WHL draft. How were you kind of feeling about it uh, as the days got closer? Uh, I was getting pretty nervous. I just I wanted to get drafted, and the Broncos were a team I wanted to get drafted by. Just being from Swift, always wanted to play for them. So it was pretty special when I got drafted by the Broncos. And I know you were also looking forward to your first training camp with the team as well. So, I mean, how much uh, were you looking forward to it? And, you know, what were kind of your, your expectations on training camp uh, heading into it? Yeah, I was pretty excited ever since I got drafted to get into training camp and stuff. But I didn't really know what to expect going in. So, just kind of went with the flow and, yeah, played good. So Yeah, and I mean, as training camp progressed, you moved on from, you know, rookie camp to main camp, and then you're playing in, uh, you know, the blue and white game with with all the guys at the end of camp there. I mean, were you kind of 
uh, you know, expecting to go that far in training camp or would it kind of catch you by surprise as the, as the days went on and, and you were still hanging around? Yeah, it kind of caught me by surprise. I didn't expect as a young gun to go that far with all the good goalies that were there, especially since they're all older than me, but it was pretty cool to be able to go that far. And, of course, uh, you know, when training camp was coming to an end, you end up signing a standard player agreement with the team. So when did that kind of first come up in conversation with, uh, you know, either the coaching staff or uh, or the scouting staff? Uh, I think it was the day of or maybe the night before the inter-squad game. But, yeah, I was kind of hoping that maybe I'd get to, but I wasn't expecting anything. But it was pretty cool when I got offered to sign my sign. And then you get into, you know, a preseason game uh, not too long after that down in Estevan, played the second half of that game. I'm sure you knew before the game you were going to play in uh, in the second half. So, I mean, how were you feeling on that uh, on that ride down to Estevan? I was pretty nervous. I didn't know what to expect uh, going into a preseason game. But, yeah, I thought we played really good and I had some help. So, helped me out a little bit. Yeah, and I know you came in in the second half. Uh, you know, you do end up giving two, giving up two goals over the course of the game, but I thought you really settled in in that third period and kept the team within striking distance. I mean, how did you feel uh, once that game was over? Yeah, I felt pretty good. Once I kind of got settled in, I felt comfortable and kind of just focused on the game, but I felt I played pretty good, so... And how much of yeah. a, how much of a confidence boost do you think uh, you know doing appearing in a game like that does? You, you show, kind of showed yourself that you can play at the Western League level, and, and maybe showing some other people that you can play at that level too. Yeah, it was definitely a confidence boost being able to go in and have a good second half, but definitely kind of got a feel for the speed and kind of need to know where I'm going to be able to play at that level. And as mentioned, you're off to a great start so far with uh, with the Legionnaires so far this season. You know, heading into that full year of U18, did you have any sort of goals or things you wanted to accomplish uh, over the course of this season? Yeah, I definitely want to have a good season and kind of hopefully be at the top of the leaderboard and stats. But it's definitely a tough week as a rookie goalie. And I have a great partner too, so we'll see how it goes. Perfect. Okay, Bernie, well, hey, I appreciate you jumping on here. Thanks so much for doing this. Yeah, thanks for having me. You're listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16, the official beer of the Swift Current Broncos. Broncos This Week podcast, our feature guest, uh, goaltender Gage Alexander, uh, joining the Broncos in the offseason after a trade with the Winnipeg Ice. So you go from uh, Winnipeg, bright lights, big city, Swift Current, a little bit more reserved and laid back. How's the uh, how's the transition been so far for you, man? Yeah, it's been uh, it's been pretty easy for me personally. I mean, uh, I grew up in a small town, so I kind of understand how, uh, how how it works and how the culture of a small town and, and having a team there. Um, but uh, yeah, it's been good. I wanted to ask you about being a goaltender initially. I think some parents don't want their kids to be goalies. How did you convince your parents to let you play net as a kid? Yeah, I mean, uh, I only played one year at at forward, and uh, after that, I kind of kind of found my way into the net i know they didn't uh, they didn't love it but uh they knew uh they knew uh i had a high chance of of doing something pretty special with my size and stuff so i just kind of utilized that all right you mentioned your size you opened the door there for that conversation <laughs> have you always been humongous yeah yeah i've always been the tallest in class and tallest in every hockey team i played for so it's uh definitely a normal thing for me 
So this isn't something like Owen Pickering where he was 5'7 a couple of years ago and now he's 6'4. You were over 6 feet when you were like 10 or what? Yeah, I was. I remember I was in the band draft. I think I was 6'4, so 14 years old at 6'4, 185 pounds. So, um, yeah, always been a big guy. A few years of uh, of big grocery bills in your billet household. Uh, I, I see you got the Jays hat on right yeah. now. You you a big baseball guy? Yeah, yeah. You know, sadly, uh, they couldn't get it done. They couldn't uh, live up to expectations. But uh, there's always next year. They got a young group there, so uh, hopefully they uh, stay positive and put some work in to get better. So what else? Uh, what else kind of gets Gage Alexander going? Are you uh, you know video games, Netflix? I mean, what's kind of your your downtime like? Yeah, definitely a lot of video games. I mean, uh, I think COVID kind of sparse that up a bit for me personally but uh, I've kind of always been in it a little bit to play a lot of NHL new NHL came out the other day so uh, definitely playing a little bit more now than a little than usual but yeah any Netflix action like any series that you'd recommend to the uh, faithful listeners of the Broncos this week podcast yeah I mean there's there's a lot I, I do watch a lot of Netflix on bus trips and whatnot that's kind of what I do but uh, I think Suits is my uh, my number one pick I've watched it probably five or six times and it's a eight or nine season uh, show so I definitely watched a lot that a lot I need to ask you about your time in Winnipeg. Um, I think I wanted to start with your rookie year, nineteen twenty, because you played seven games for them. But I think you were with them all season, weren't you? So you were with them all year, but only played seven games. Must have been, you know, nice to kind of be with the team all year long, but a little bit frustrating too, I would imagine. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think uh, kind of the way me and my family go about it is I, I've kind of had a different development path than than other other people my age. So I think uh, it, it was a good chance for me to get adjusted to the league and, and get adjusted with the track and and what's expected of uh, of a player every day and uh yeah I only played seven games but I practiced every day I didn't have those days off was in with the goalie coach every day and I think that definitely kind of set me up uh, for success in the last couple of years and uh, I mean uh, you could look at it as, as a negative but I think it was kind of a positive to kind of hammer on the the detail aspect of being a goaltender yeah so there's that 1920 rookie season and then the hub what was the uh, hub experience like for you from a Winnipeg perspective yeah no I think uh, I think our team had a lot of fun during it uh we it close-knit group um we uh didn't have a whole lot of expectations going into that year I know it was a little bit different not having any playoffs or anything like that so it was a little bit more of a development period for younger guys like picks coming in and swift there and having a chance to play games that maybe they wouldn't have been able to so uh it was a really cool experience i mean i'll probably remember that for the rest of my life and and just being able to have that experience and and being able to play during those times i think were important for important for kids our age well and obviously very important for you because you get drafted into the nhl following that season so you know throughout that that hub were you talking to scouts on zoom throughout or was it kind of like coming into draft day you weren't really sure what was going to go on um i mean there wasn't so much during the bubble i think it was more right after i think that's kind of when teams started to contact uh contact players um i know uh anaheim was the first team that contacted me and and what kind of went through the zoom process and talking to the goalie development guys there and and the scouts scouting staff but yeah and then other teams kind of follow up and definitely talked to a, a handful of teams that kind of felt comfortable that i was that I was headed somewhere i wasn't 100 sure where or or when so um yeah 
You spend uh, a little bit of time with Anaheim this year. You know, talk about that camp experience with the Ducks. Yeah, I mean, uh, development camp in July was obviously good. It was my second development camp, so a little bit of an older guy there and more of a leadership role for that week. I know it was it was a fun week. Get, a, get your feet wet a little bit and understand the, the new management that was in place this year and having a chance to make a new first impression for myself on them was a huge part of my summer uh, mindset. And uh, going back there after, uh, spending uh, 10 days here or so and, and going there for two and a half weeks or three weeks or whatever it was is super super good and super important for me to to be able to see see that I could play there and and, and what I need to do uh, moving forward to reach that level next year I know you're learning a lot on the ice with practices at the NHL camp like that but off the ice you know are you talking to a lot of these veteran guys are you talking to guys like a John Gibson or something to kind of pick their brain on uh, what their day-to-day is like yeah I mean uh, you're in the flash there you're you're with everyone you're with all the nhl guys all this all, all the staff and everything are at your disposal so i mean it's it's a super exciting time and super nerve-wracking at times as well you're not kind of uh, you don't really know where you fit in, in everything, and then you kind of find find your way as the weeks go along there. But yeah, I'll, uh, I think uh, during main camp there, I was with I was with Gibby on a team, and just kind of watching him watching him work and, and what he does every day is a pretty cool thing for me to be able to look at and and see where I in areas of my game I can get better at. Any of those moments where you know you have that NHL moment, you know, <sighs> stopping someone on a breakaway maybe or. or or anything like that yeah I mean uh, I think it was more of my first year I think going down there I only played nine games in the bubble and then having to go down there for I think five weeks for my first camp was pretty intimidating and I think uh, just being around those guys on a daily basis I think is a pretty big deal and and seeing what they do every day to keep their bodies well and and make sure they bring 100% effort every day talk to Connor Vincent who was down there with you obviously and he was saying uh, his first practice back here he was like going to the beach every day after practice yeah. So, you know, what are you guys getting up to during those uh, couple of weeks down in Anaheim? Yeah, I know for me, uh, first two weeks, I think everyone's kind of excited to go out and, and see everything in the area. And um, once once you kind of get adapted to it, I think uh, I think it's just a normal day. And you go to the rink, do your job, and kind of do what makes you happy outside the rink and, and get your mind off the game or whatnot. If it's if it's going to the beach, it's going to the beach. Or if it's going on a walk and enjoying the weather, I think it's, it's important to get away from the game as well. You... It, it seemed like you couldn't wait to hit the ice this year for this uh, Western Hockey League season. It was kind of a planes, trains, automobiles situation for you. You know, your time with the Ducks ends for this year, and then you were right into things yeah. starting the following Friday against your former team. Did you really want that game? <sighs> yeah, I know it was, uh, it was a conversation me and uh, Prodder had, and I flew in on that Thursday and didn't get into Swift till 10.30, so it was a quick turnaround and had the decision if I wanted to wear the old pads and the old stuff or not, to, if I should wear the new one so I just kind of went in with the the new gear and kind of the new mindset and new start to the year I think was important for me and uh, obviously playing the former teams a little bit different I was there for for four four and a half years there so it was a pretty special moment to, to play against the former team teammates that I've been with for a long time and having to having the chance to play against uh, the the coaching staff as well and kind of knowing certain tendencies of the players was important but I know uh, we're, we're going to be excited to go back to Winnipeg. It's not a lot of CHL teams that have uh, a goalie tandem with two initial guys and of course you got Joey Rocha here as well. You know, Talk about your relationship with Reed, with Joey and how you guys kind of go about things day to day. Yeah, 
I think it's important. Um, me and Dick are kind of feed off each other. I know it's important to be competitive and, and push each other on a daily basis. And uh, I, I was in a three-goalie tandem as well my first year, so I kind of have that to relate to, to Rokes and, and to make sure he's comfortable and his, his mindset's right. And and just so just making him comfortable and, and making each other comfortable and, and, and having the best success we can have as a group. Goals this year for you personally? You know, what are you hoping for? I, I want to be the best goaltender in the league. I think it's I think it's very doable for me, and uh, I got the motivation. Uh, it's been my motivation for the summer as well. So I think uh, once once we get uh, once we get going here and get more comfortable with each other, understanding the system, and and, and being more comfortable with uh, with one another and, and what our roles are as a team, I think we'll have a pretty good chance to to do that for myself and have a pretty good year. We like to do the uh, billet shoutouts last year for guys, and we had them on for the first time. So if you want to give your uh, billet family a shoutout here, feel free. <laughs> Yeah, Kelsey and Aaron, I know uh, it's been a short visit so far, but uh, I know uh, I spent 10 days before camp and kind of getting settled back in now, and, and they're awesome. They're a very warm welcome, and I uh, couldn't have been happier with the household. And, and obviously the kids, Macy, Kate, and Jackson, I know I uh, haven't spent a whole lot of time with them, but uh, I know there'll be lots of time for that. On the on the subject of billets, you a big routine guy, same pregame meal every time? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I'm not a superstitious guy uh, I don't think so but definitely same meal uh, eggs and toast if you can believe it that's it's been my uh, pregame meal ever since I was a goaltender so I uh, kind of stuck with that and it changes a little bit on the road obviously don't have the don't have the luxury of doing that but uh, I'm pretty flexible with uh, my game day routines and with routines and stuff like that how do you sort of reset yourself mentally you know you talk about how goaltenders can sort of reset when a goal goes in or whatever it might be what's your process for kind of getting back in that mindset yeah I think it's important to to just be positive about yourself and uh, the positive self-talk and, and and the breathing part of it it's important and and just being comfortable and, and confident as well confident in myself that I, I'm able to make those saves and and help my team win on a daily basis Gage Alexander feature guest on the Broncos this week podcast thanks for making your way to this end of the rink and doing this man yeah thank you appreciate it you're listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16, the official beer of the Swift Current Broncos. Loaded podcast this week. A big thanks to our feature guest, Gage Alexander, as well as our Down the Pipeline guest, Bernie Weston. Down the Pipeline, brought to you by Crescent Point, and head coach Devin Pratt. Always appreciate his insights on all things going on in Bronco Nation. We're getting set to wrap up another edition of the podcast before a busy weekend here at Innovation Plex. And uh, as you touched on earlier in the intro to the show, uh, this rink is going to see a lot of Swift Current Bronco hockey over the next few weeks. Yeah, five straight home games here kicking off this weekend. Uh, seven of their next eight here at home. Uh, I mean, between um, to this week and November 5th, the only road game the Broncos play is up in Prince Albert on October 29th. So uh, not a lot of travel going on for this team here, hoping to get some bodies back with uh, some injuries and whatnot for the, the upcoming games here. And new face in the lineup and Adam McNutt and a chance for this team to kind of bounce right back after a tough game in Regina with the Pats here on Friday. Yeah, and uh, Connor Bedard and the Regina Pats in town Friday night to take on the Broncos here at Innovation Plex. Don't want to be critical of how other teams price their tickets, but this may be the most affordable opportunity anyone has to watch 98. Well, I was, you know, you talk about it whenever he's out there because, I mean, this is a guy who is, he's going to go first overall in the NHL draft. We all know that, and he's going to play in the NHL next season as well. So if you want to watch him play in person at this time next year, it's probably going to cost you upwards of 150 to 200 bucks. 
bucks. So you can come to the the Innovation Plex here, watch him play for 25, 30 bucks, and uh, you know see a pretty special player on one side of the ice, but also support the Broncos on the other side. They got some pretty special players on their own right on uh, the other side of the rink. So always exciting when they go head to head with Bedard. He's got the numbers to back up his uh, his you know ridiculous hype that is surrounding him for the last couple of years, and uh, looking forward to seeing how Game Two between Swift Current and Regina goes. Swift Current Regina Friday night, the Red Deer Rebels big divisional matchup happens at Innovation Plex on Saturday night. That'll do it for another edition of the Broncos This Week podcast. You've been listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16.